Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Want children who are patient, kind, humble, thankful, and respectful? How about children who have a good work ethic, strong character, and a healthy self-image? Well, you can't force your kids to be grateful for everything you do, but you can raise successful, responsible children who grow into adults you can be proud of. And that's according to today's guest, Dr. Kevin Lehman. Today on Connections, he'll share with us some secrets to raising successful children. He'll talk a little bit about his own childhood growing up and how we can nurture character, respect, and a winning attitude in our children. We'll hear that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Dr. Kevin Lehman. He's an internationally renowned psychologist, New York Times bestselling author of more than 30 books. He's also a Christian speaker and author. For those who don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm the youngest of three children. That should be a clue. I wrote the book. <laughs> uh, I graduated fourth in my class in high school. Unfortunately, it was fourth in the bottom and not fourth in the top. So <laughs> uh, I couldn't get in college. Uh, uh, was de- denied. Uh, let's see. I think it was 140 or 160. I don't remember the exact number. Nobody wanted me because I had a disciplinary record in the school. I was a class clown. I was always in trouble for something. And uh, I got, I finally got accepted on probation with a 12 unit load. Uh, it was very scary because I was very ill prepared for college. They threw me out a year and a half later for stealing the conscience fund. Uh, gosh, I feel like I ought to go to church. Um, and uh it's sort of it. It's almost like you made the story up, Lehman, but I didn't. Um, I got a job as a janitor then in Tucson, Arizona, where I now spend most of the months of the year, and met my wife, believe it or not, in the men's room of the hospital. Uh, I was mopping a floor. She was a nurse's aide. She was helping some little guy go potty. I fell in love. She was one of the trigger points that. Uh, that God, I think, put in my life to just turn my whole life around. So I went on and got a doctorate degree, was a dean of students at the University of Arizona School of 35,000 Students. I've written 63 books. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I've been married for over 50 years in a row with the same lucky woman. And uh, we've got five kids all boys except four girls, and we have four grandchildren. Now, as you mentioned, you've written numerous books, and all those books, uh, well, majority of those books are about children, about parenting, and about successful children, and helping children to stop misbehaving. And it's interesting coming from what you just shared with us and your lifestyle growing up. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to take that road. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, in April, I mean, I could talk about that forever. In April of my senior year, I walked into my high school counselor's office, okay? And I said, Mr. Messino, I too would like to go on to college. Uh, and he pulled on his glasses down and over his, no- down his nose. He looked over the top of his glasses and said, Lehman, with your grades and your record in the school, I couldn't get you admitted to reform school. <laughs> and... uh Everything he said was true. <laughs> I mean, and and we became friends later. It was sort of funny, but 
you, he'd say, Lehman, you were, my, you were one of my best students. I'd say, yeah, right. That's one of your best students. But I think there was a desire in me um, uh, to sort of prove myself. I had a sister who was perfect. Uh, she still is. She puts newspaper under the cuckoo clock to give you an idea. Um, I had a brother who was near perfect and um, a straight A student. And then there was me. Well, I'm a shrink by trade, so I've already shrunk myself. I figured I couldn't do <laughs> those two. So I became the best at being the worst. So as I developed professionally, I decided I wanted to work with families and kids, uh, which I've done all my life. And uh, my whole thing on the back of the book, I think it says I'm a humorist, which means I can still make people laugh. <laughs> and I speak all over the world. So I'm a motivational speaker. I hate to use that term, but, it, you know, big companies hire me and um, I've spoken all over your great country. I wish they'd open it up. Hello. Uh, I had to throw that in there. Pardon me. <laughs> Soon. Now, you mentioned you became the best at, at being the worst. Yeah. Do you find like actually there's truth to that, right? Like if kids are struggling and, and, finding a place to fit in do you find that they might purposely choose things like that well i'll be good at being bad then kind of thing absolutely i mean if you don't have to be a shrink to figure this out Mike. all you got to do is look at a family like mine i had a brother and a sister so the male and female role again i wrote the birth order book which many trees died for um and when you look at it life from behind my eyes my nickname was cubby I was the baby of the family, got away with murder. Uh, as an adult, I talked my way into Disney World, by the way, for nine free tickets. Try that, you firstborn children out there. <laughs> Try it. Uh, so I, if you get behind a young kid's eyes, you look at the family they're in, you can sort of figure out what their what their behavior is going to be like. The book before this one is called Why Kids Misbehave and What to Do About It. And kids basically, when they misbehave, they misbehave for attention, number one. And all kids get attention, positive or negative. Okay? Yeah. If they don't get positive, it turns to negative. Then they become powerful little buzzards, as I like to call them, where their whole mantra in life is, I'm going to win, dominate, and control. Well, who wants to be around that kid? And by the way, ladies, who wants to marry that guy who's who's in control and always has to be right and all that? So these themes that you see in people's lives develop in the first five, six years of life. I mean, personality is formed in the first five, six year, years of life is what I'm saying. And so you got, if you look at your family, look at your two families, Colleen, look at your family, Mike, and put a word next to everyone's personality in that family. Mm-hmm. And you'll see the two words don't appear in the same family. They're different. The first mm-hmm. two in a family are night and day different. Uh, and for good reason. So, yeah, kids act out. And today, you know, parents, unfortunately, uh, Canada's no better than the U.S. You guys bring up kids to feel like they're the center of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> right. A disrespectful thing to do to a kid. It is something I've been wondering about lately. We have a four, almost four-year-old and a two-year-old. And 
uh, we seem to heap a lot of praise on the three-year-old for the simplest things that she does. And sometimes I wonder about that. (laughs) Well, let me give you my little thing on praise. And this isn't going to cost you a dime, by the way, but it's worth a lot of money. (laughs) Great. Praise is destructive with children. Yes, you heard me right. So, yeah, so explain that. All right, praise says uh, that I'm held in high esteem by you because I did this, because I did that. It's the carrot in front of the proverbial donkey. I use the term encouragement. I have seven schools out west, uh, charter schools. There's hundreds of people trying to get in my schools. For two reasons. Number one, we put authority in the classroom teacher's hands, which no school does today anymore. They're afraid to discipline a kid or give them what I call vitamin N. (laughs) But the difference in encouragement is probably best described by a situation where a kid comes home from school and he's got five A's on his report card. Mom goes ballistic. All five A's, I am so proud of you. I'm calling Aunt Martha right now and Grandma. Oh, I can't wait till your father gets home. He is going to be so <laughs> You're the best kid in the whole world. Uh, here's four kisses and a $20 bill. Now, that's praise plus reward, which we all grew up in. Everybody grew up in that society. The society I'd like to create is a little different. It uses this vitamin E encouragement. But listen to the conversation. Wow, five A's. Honey, you really hit it out of the park. It looks like all that hard work you put into is really paid off. Congratulations. That's got to feel great inside. And guess what, parent? You just saved yourself a $20 bill. <laughs> so what I'm saying is you the takeaway, and by the way, four-year-olds, if there ever was an age that's perfect, it's the four-year-old. Really? Oh, <laughs> I got a four-year-old on the floor behind me right now. <laughs> yeah, no, fours are, you know, they're, they're wonderful. They can converse with you. They're in the prime of life. Uh, I'm not saying they can't be full of energy and give you a run for your money, but uh, a kid can be very determined. And if you get into a power struggle with a four-year-old, I'm telling you, you're going to lose. Yes. The key <laughs> is to remove your sails from the child's wind. In other words, your four-year-old throws a temper tantrum. The best thing to do is step over the child, okay? And notice they love to do it in public. Notice they do it in a restaurant. Notice when they have an audience. Um, Here's a quote. We've seen the enemy, and they are small. (laughs) And they're unionized. (laughs) Kids play, play, you know, parents like a, a violin. I mean, it's... It's sad. Uh, I wrote a book, New York Times bestseller called Have a New Kid by Friday. And in that book, I say, an unhappy child is a healthy child. And parents rear back when they first hear that. And I said, no, wait a minute. Think about it. An unhappy child is a healthy child. There's times your four-year-old has to be unhappy. Why? Because he or she disobeyed. They hit their baby brother. They took something they shouldn't have, whatever. So the goal of rearing a kid is certainly not to create a happy, happy child. And I speak all over the world, but in every place I go, I hear the same thing. Oh, Dr. Lehman, we're so glad you're here because we do want happy, happy children. You know, this new book, Eight Secrets to Raising Successful Kids. Hey, teach your kids to be grateful. Kids aren't grateful for anything today. They're on the take. 
the, the gimme generation. And then parent, rather than think so much about what your kid has to do, think about yourself. And are you the person you want your child to be? There's the litmus test. These kids are always taking notes, emotionally, spiritual, behavioral notes on how you live your life. So this isn't rocket science, folks. This is really easy stuff. That's why I think people love my books, because you can read them and that night get together with your mate and figure out how to get on the same page and go to work. And you can turn kids around in hours, literally. You say it's easy. And I'm sure if we actually sat down and took that time to do this, it would be easy. Um, how do we get uh, how do we get ourselves to change this mindset? A lot of us have that ingrained in our brain, whether we're new parents or parenting forever. How do you change that mindset? And then how do we incorporate our faith into that? Well, let's start with warnings or disrespectful acts. Okay. Uh, when you warn a kid, you're essentially saying, I think you're so stupid, i got to tell you three times. Hmm. In fact, ask any kid. This is an interesting one, and I'll get to answer your question. Uh, ask any kid, how many times do mom or dad have to call you to do something? What do you suppose that magic number is? Three. And a kid will tell you, well, the first time, sort of a general alert. The second time, they raise their voice a little bit. But the third time, they put your middle name in there, and then you know they really mean business. Yeah. Okay, so back to faith, you know, I, I said earlier that parents today in Canada and the U.S., they're both terrible parents in general. Um, <laughs> they bring up kids to feel like they're the center of the universe. Well, if kids are the center of the universe, I mean, I'm not that smart, but um, where's room for Almighty God in a kid's life? And I can answer that question. There's no room for God in the kid's life. If the kid feels like he's the center of the universe. That's interesting. How are we going to raise kids to worship God when they're the ones being worshiped? You got it, man. I'm trying huh. this stuff. You don't have to be real bright to follow Kevin Lehman. Believe me. <laughs> like, that's why it's all clicking for me yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> you and I could eat paste together. That's another early childhood memory I had. There was a girl in my reading group. I ain't kidding you. She was six years old. She's reading. We're in a reading group in those little chairs and circles. And I looked next to me, she's eating paste. And I remember thinking, I, I know I don't belong in this group. But God bless the school system. They, they <laughs> had me down as one of those paste eaters. So <laughs> I survived it. So anyway, I think, again, I go back to your kids are going to model what they see in the home. Uh, you know, lots of times we want to regiment the teaching about God. And I always say, look around. Look around at the, the beauty of the flowers and the now in late spring coming in. Well, spring starts when about July. When it, when it, when it, <laughs> That's right. Uh, he's shoving snow still. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Incorporate God in all things. You know, um, one of the reasons why I'm the guy I am today is I had a mother of faith. And she prayed for me every day. In fact, we found an old letter at our summer place here in Western New York that she had written to my older sister. And one of the lines that made me laugh out loud, she says, Kevin, that would be me, is taking his Latin exam. I sure hope he passes it this time. <laughs> well, I flunked it, I think, three times, if I remember right. 
I'd flunk it during the school year. And then they put me in summer school on top of that. And I flunk it there. Got 22 in elementary algebra. I mean, I'm not kidding you. You don't make these things up. In fact, in one of my books, I put my, my actual report card from my freshman year of high school in the book. I think it's in a book called Planet Middle School, which I wrote for uh, middle schoolers. They're an interesting group. They should be sent to Ghana for <laughs> several years. <laughs> Canada. So you raised four kids yourself, you said? Uh, five. How did, how did you, five. How did you do at that? Well, we did really pretty good. Um, all the kids, n- none of them are currently in jail. Let's start with that. But, <laughs> okay, that's not bad. They all did very, very well in life, were very successful. And we had kids. I got my wife pregnant at 42. We had a little surprise. <laughs> uh, and then we had the shocker at 50. Uh, so, no, really? Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and by the way, Colleen, there is no labor when you have a baby at 48 years of age. I was 50. She was 48. That's you. Oh, what a <laughs> oh baby has arrived. <laughs> I just need you there. Just catch them. Yeah. So uh, the kids, I'll tell you one thing that might surprise you is um, the Lehman kids never had a curfew. And people say, what do you mean never had a curfew? I say, well, let me say it in English. They never had a curfew. And they hated it. They hated it. Dad. What time, what time do I need to be home? Honey, be home at a reasonable hour. Dad, no, what time do I need to be home? Honey, you're 17 years old. You're 14 years old. Figure it out. Be home at a reasonable hour. Hmm. They, and if they were out, I'm telling you, they'd call. They'd say, oh, Dad, uh, you know, we're at the pizza place, but the football team just got here. And um, well, it's, it's, I'm probably going to, honey, just finish your pizza. Have a good time. Come home. We love you. Drive careful. And so... You know, as a parent, as young parents, you know that you don't really, you wouldn't go to sleep until all your little cubs are tugged, tucked back in the den. But I remember the garage door going up about one o'clock in the morning that night. 16-year-old daughter was home. But what I'm saying is, if you want responsible kids, give them responsibility. Yeah, that's a great point. That, that four-year-old, when they're 11, you realize they could and should pay all the bills in your family online. What a great way to show a kid what a mortgage payment looks like, what a car payment looks like. Yeah. Why we talk about money in our family, because it doesn't grow on trees, as my father once told me. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of what I have written about, I wrote a book called Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours. Again, it's a book that sold over a million copies for a reason. And I say, you know, let the reality of the teach of the situation become the teacher to the child. Failure is a good thing for kids. The Christian home ought to be a place where kids fail all the time. Yeah, one of the thing our three and a half year old right now is she's really started having trouble making mistakes lately. Gets really upset if she makes a mistake. But we've just yeah. shifted the conversation to mistakes are great. Try again. And yeah, good. And her whole attitude is shifting now when she does make a mistake, whatever little mistake a three and a half year old can make, right? (laughs) I'm going to pull you out of the paste eaters. (laughs) Good. Because because that's really good. I mean, uh, I suggest to parents if you got a kid who's having a hard time 
uh, when everything goes wrong and they melt down and have a hissy fit, for lack of a better term, tuck them in at night and tell them a story about uh, a little boy or a little girl. Uh, just make it up that failed, that struggled, whatever the issue might be. And and give a positive spin on it. And at the end of it, say, do you know who that little boy was or that little girl was? It was mommy. It was daddy. In other words, I tell parents, flaunt your imperfection. Now, that's not something people do very readily. People, you women, I mean, my goodness, you spend billions of dollars a year and, and covering up everything there is to cover up. Um, so when someone comes along and says, uh, flaunt your imperfection, somebody's going to say, what is he, a shrink or something? Yeah, I am a shrink. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying, when you share with your kids and there's a transparent nature in you, reminded about what a guy named Paul said once. I never caught his last name, but he's very important. And there's many churches named after him in the U.S. and Canada. But he said, each of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. We are an imperfect group. So who's kidding who? So that's why I say back to praise. Praise God. All others pay cash. <laughs> because I like that. God's worthy of your praise. Your kid isn't. Use I... vitamin E, encouragement. And so encouragement focuses on the action and not the actor. So you're not saying you're a wonderful kid because you did this, because you did that. But even a simple, hey, good job, that's vitamin E. That's encouragement. You're just acknowledging that the child did well. That's okay. Everything that you're saying is so simple. Uh, when, I, when I was reading the titles of your books, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Like, where do you even start? It's parenting. Parenting is challenging. But everything you have said has been just a simple little change. Well, it is. It's a simple change on our part. And kids literally have to change as we change. So if both parents are on the same page, and we decide that we got a defiant little ankle biter on our hands who is having meltdowns, power tantrums, and all that, you two get on the same page. And like I say, when they have a hissy fit, just step over them and walk away. Uh, if you want to be more proactive than that, you can pick them up by the earlobe and put them in their room and close the door. When spring comes to Winnipeg about mid-July, you could put them outside. Either. <laughs> so uh, action, not words. The words we choose to use with kids should be few. Few. We talk kids' ears off, but they don't even listen to us. So your actions speak louder than anything else eight secrets to raising successful kids i cannot wait to get my hands on this and uh, start reading it's out now i imagine we can get it pretty much everywhere yeah you can you you know you can download all my books there's 63 lehman books out there i mean i i'm embarrassed to say that i mean why would a guy write <laughs> books? you think you'd get it right by book 62 <laughs> but uh you know, life's interesting and families have changed so much. They're under so much stress today, but it, the eight secrets is a wonderful practical book. And remember parents, teach your kids to be grateful. Yes. Be grateful. It's a simple thing. 
kids aren't grateful for anything. And you can rear a great kid. Don't start habits now, okay, when they're little, that you don't want to continue throughout their graduate school education. Uh, do you have a website, Dr. Liebman, that you uh, write at or anything like that? I do. Oh, my goodness. I have stuff. Okay. Number <laughs> one, we have podcasts that are listened to by about a Great. million and a half people. You'd like them. I mean, we talk about sex, marriage, birth order, kids, business, you name it. Uh, and that's found on my website at uh, birth order guy, G U I. If you hunt around on there, you'll find everything on there but my social security number. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to have you on again soon. (laughs) Yeah. Really enjoyed talking with you. Well, my pleasure. I always like talking to people from Winnipeg. And thank you for listening today. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation again, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastbuilt.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe and to leave a review while you're there. We'll talk to you again on Connections.